Welcome to Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. On Stageworthy, I interview people who make theater, actors, directors, playwrights, and more, and talk to them about everything from why they chose the theater to their work process and anything in between. This is episode 18, and my guest is St. John New Brunswick-based actor, producer, Tim Turnell. Tim's one-person performance company, Theater Narcissus 12, was created to provide unique theater experiences while using non-traditional theater spaces. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook and Twitter at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or Google Music or whatever podcast app you use, and consider leaving a comment or rating. So you uh, and I've just been sort of reading up on uh, a little bit of, of what you do. You uh, would you? How would you like? I say that you have directed and you've acted and and various things. How do you describe yourself as far as theater? Well, goes? I try to I try to describe myself as modestly as possible because I I know I'm not an expert by any means. I constantly am aware that I need to be learning and the, the, the medium is evolving, especially as it translates to different platforms like such as the internet and stuff. But I, I guess, I guess I just consider myself a, a content creator now, um, be it, be it, be it social media, uh, or, you know, just short films in itself. I don't know if that even answered. I, I can't remember the question. now. <laughs> No, it was just the, it was just like the, well, I'm, I'm a performer. I I used to go by actor a lot, but then the term actor seems to bring such a negative action, uh, immediate suspicion from people in social circles. They and so I stopped using the term actor, and I just I I call myself a performer or an entertainer at times. But I do I do act. In a sense, I mean, I'm 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 a theatrical performer. I've been studying theater since I was since I was very young, and I've kind of slowly moved myself across the country, performing in theater, television, uh, feature films, as well as some online content and animation voiceovers. So I've I've worked in practically almost every medium that's available to me from from wherever I've been, and. I'm just still pushing myself to participate and contribute wherever I can uh, from from the location that I'm at, which is, of course, St. John, New Brunswick, where... I, uh, I'm curious about what you were saying about the, the term actor uh, brings a little bit of, of suspicion. Um, <clears throat> do you think that that comes from... Uh, I'd actually know. Is that, I think, is that a? Is I, it's it's actually. I mean, ever since I was like in my preteens, pursuing theater studies at the levels that I could in the small communities where I lived in BC, um, I started encountering kind of like disdain or prejudice towards people toward people whom were interested in this art form, this, this, uh, form of storytelling that is still vibrant and alive and necessary. But I think we overlook how important theater is for a community because we're so involved with, like I said, social media or in Facebook and Twitter and why go see a play when, you know, you can wait a year later and, and see the movie version of it. Right. With, you know, it's it's actually I, one of the things I've noticed is it's so hard to get people very out of the difficult. house. Very, um, yeah. you know, you can entertain yourself with YouTube and and Netflix and every other option that you have available in your home where you can watch movies and now you can watch. Uh, you know, sometimes there are like there are some channels to be able to watch. You know, uh, uh, plays online as well. Um, sometimes yep. legally, sometimes not. Um, and, 
you know, it's so hard to get people. I think it's hard to get people out of their house because people take for granted the, uh, the theater experience. They don't, they don't realize in, in some cases how different watching a live performance is over watching. Yeah. I, I love cat videos as much as anyone else. Uh, but I, and uh, I admit that I'm probably just as guilty as some potential members out there that I've in total, you know, in the last month, I've probably watched enough cat videos to fill up the time frame of seeing waiting for Godot, for instance. Right. But, but no one wants to be uncomfortable anymore. Uh, not that we ever did, but when you went to the theater, you had this idea that you were going to be entertained and there was a certain level of separation. I think that's why people still enjoy movies, uh, in the theater or pardon me in the cinema to a certain extent, you know, uh, as we, we combat downloading and, and, and whatnot and the demise of that industry. But when you're, you're in front of your computer, you're in your environment, you know, you're safe. You can have that luxury of comfort knowing that if it's healthy or not, I mean, it's what you know, and therefore it provides some sense of security and happiness or, or sense of happiness. But when you, if, if they're aware or not, nowadays people I find are hesitant to go to a theater production if they if they have gone to a theater production in their life at all i uh, over the last couple of years since i've been doing a lot of my own on the street uh performance art and public theater projects over the last couple of years i've i've met a lot of people who have not set foot inside a theater venue much less seen a play and i think it realizes that they're there is a sense of vulnerability that the audience has as well when you are presented or you are present during a live theater production. Uh, you can't, you can't be anonymous. You know, you're, you know, you're somewhat, somewhat in the, in the ways of like, if you're, if you're at a, in the cinema, you know, you, you find yourself tearing up. Well, you don't want to start crying in front of everybody. You don't want to start gasping and in, in, in moments yeah. that's going to make you look like you're an unseasoned personality or weak. But we, but with a theater play, it's someone actually there talking to you, laying out the story in front of you. And it's so, it's, I think it scares a lot of people which is a good scare. You should scare yourself at least once a day. At least that's what I've been told. And I think that works, you know, to, to give that risk. But I don't think a lot of people are very comfortable with the idea of being present during a live performance because it's not just the, the performers that are being vulnerable to get that good performance out, but also the audiences there exposed to this. It's kind of like you're at your best friend's house and they're parents are greasing them out and you're kind of there cringing, you know, you don't know what to do, but I, I think, yeah, it, it is very hard. It is, it's very difficult to get people out of their house and it's even more so for a theater project. You know, it's, it's, um, not, uh, it's not very sellable to the mass populace. There's so many options. I think there's so many options to, you know, there, when you go out there. Well, there are, there are so many options, and also, I mean, if you stay home, I mean, there's a couple of things that are going on, I think, with people as far as theater goes. And you can – part of it is, you know what? If you're at home and yeah. you don't like a video that you're watching, you turn it off. If you don't like and, the web page you're on, you close it. You go away. You can stop. If you're in a theater and you don't like what you're seeing, you kind of – you're either – trapped or you make a statement by yeah. standing up and, I, and I've been there. I mean, I've, I've been, I've forced myself out of respect for whatever I justified to respect at the time, but I've stayed in the theater house to watch bad performances or bad shows or poorly written, poorly directed, but you've already paid for it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's for someone who is, casual theater goer or even seasoned, you know, theater vets, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, but 
I think there's a lot of, like I said, potential audience members out there that still don't understand the concept of what goes into producing a, a theater show, be it good or bad. And therefore, they're, they're not willing to part with their money no. as easily as they would for, you know, Mall Cop 3. Or, you know, it's, it's untested. I also, yeah, and I also think that there's, there's something about people have uh, taught themselves a narrative of, you know, if their first, ex- first, if their first exposure to theater was they hate, Shakespeare they hate play Shakespeare, in high school, they hate theater. They hate yeah. theater. There's no point. Um, because they hate Shakespeare, they hate theater. As well, um, you know, they've taught themselves or heard that it's really expensive to go to theater. And so they won't be able to afford it. And even if they can't afford it's it, they don't like it. Yeah, they're not going to understand it. It's a waste of money. All kinds you know, of, yeah, I've, I've heard that. I've heard that debate before. This point. Yeah, and we all—I think we all—we've yeah. all heard and it. It, it comes back to that theory. first point. Well, no, uh, I was going to say. Wait, wait, I think it kind of slightly uh, ties into that first point that we were trying to make about um, an actor being regarded as something <laughs> less than human or socially justified to 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 know or, or hang out with in public it when i was as i was mentioning I, at a young age i started experiencing people kind of having a bit of a disdain towards my desires to pursue theater up until now at at the ripe old age of of the age i am at at the moment uh, it's it's people see you as the, the, the profession of acting, as noble as it's supposed to be, storytelling, the essence of, uh, you know, how we educate, you know, our tribe, you know, our immediate community. We, we, in, we enhance the community. We educate, we, we warn them, we teach them, uh, religion or it's, it's always been there and it's always been important. It's just the live theater aspect is not our main sense of storytelling anymore. Now that we have so many other avenues to send messages across, but we're, we're looked at as, and I, and and you must, uh, you must, if you've spent a day, if not an hour, with theater people, you've you've heard the the term professional liar, right? Which you know, or good faker, which I think is respectful, disrespectful to the process that goes into telling a convincing story, and to have an observer, an audience member, actually emote, not, well, not emote, but you know go along with the story with you and share those emotions. I think you, you can't, you can't express emotion. You can't make someone, people are going to be able to tell if you're lying, you know, you, you can't, yeah. you can't move someone through lies. Uh, I mean, you know what it's, yeah, it's so for me, it's it, the meta concept of, Moving people emotionally through lies, I think, is not as strong as the idea of moving people emotionally with honesty. You know, and I think really the power of the good actors versus the bad actors uh, or performances are, is is that honesty, and if it's there or not. And then you get into the idea of all the um, you know, the method acting and and and, but I. It boils down to the general populace believes that they can do this work. So, like, like when when you approach it, yeah. how do you? Like, a good example is when when an audience member comes up and goes, "How do you memorize all those lines?" As in comparing the idea that they could do the same thing. Therefore, they, there's this concept mm-hmm. that well, we're lying we can do the same thing you can do and yeah which is fine i mean every you know it's great to have participation it's great to you know increase the numbers but it's i don't believe myself to be a liar and when i'm being sincere in public to my loved ones to my family to my coworkers in front of the judge i don't want 
someone throwing back at me that I'm not capable of sincerity due to the fact that this is my profession. You know, I don't, I, I'm tired of, I'm tired of being looked at as someone who is incapable of honesty in public from their day to day life because their profession is faking or lying all the time. So I guess that's, that's my point there is when, when I, when I say that it's very difficult to kind of move through certain social circles, when you have that stigma about you as being, um, a paid faker. You're a professional liar, and I, and it goes back to I don't yeah. the audience recoils later, not knowing exactly what the process is to go into building a solid production that they can enjoy and that they will feel justified in contributing money for. Uh, and uh, long, 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 detailed, yeah. convoluted. Sorry. But I mean, I mean, have you it's experienced okay. that? You must have experienced right. that. Um, in, in, and, and pardon me for not knowing exactly the, the full details of what you do day to day, but you must have overheard yeah. someone in passing or even yourself being called, um, you know, someone that you can't, you know, they're, they're, just, they're just acting, you know. I mean, I had, I had, a, I had a lady the other day um, apologize to me about some you know, uh, public faux pas that, you know, they, they, uh, they were responsible for, and I was affected by it. And I, I, I wasn't holding a grudge or anything, but they, they kept going on and on and on about how they wouldn't accept my acceptance of the apology because they kept thinking I was being insincere because are you acting? Oh, you're acting right now. I go, no, I'm not actually. I'm listening to you babble on and on like you are with me. So anyway, uh, if I didn't get the chance before, Phil, I really appreciate uh, you allowing me the opportunity to ramble on here w- with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I actually, I actually enjoy listening to other people's stories and things like that, which is one of the reasons why I do this. Uh, yeah. you were sort of asking if I've, if I've encountered that and it's been, I've been pretty fortunate that it's been, it's been pretty rare for me, um, to encounter people mm-hmm. who are like, Oh, I can't trust you because you're an actor. Yeah. You're probably acting right now. Um, it's, I, when yeah, it has happened, I mean, it's yeah, been even in jest, even in jest, um, but you know, aggravates me because me. it's, it's still being said, you know, and I guess yeah. I'm just more sensitive to sensitive to yeah. it now after all my experiences that I've had so far, I, I notice how damaging it is and how it really just doesn't, it, yeah. it takes away the legitimacy of theater, I think, you know, as well as the performer. But it's, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, yeah. I, it's, it's something that I've kind of been aiming to correct in the audience's eyes that I have for my shows. I had a, I, I did a show about three years ago called I get naked where one of the, one of the main subjects was about actors, performers being strong contributors to the moral conscious of the immediate community, if not the worldwide community, uh, depending on the scope of, of the production and how important we still are today as educators, as entertainers, like, like I said, you know, the, the storyteller and, but we're constantly beaten down with this idea that we're not, we're, 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 we're sexual deviants. We're pathological lies. I even heard, I even heard, uh, a, a psychologist say that most actors are the perfect psychopaths. That was the term. And I thought, Oh my God, I, I, all I want to do is just get up there you know, perform, move some people, song and dance, have some fun. Why am I labeled such a demon for doing this? You know, and it, it constantly eats away, yeah. you know, at, uh, at me. <laughs> it's, oh my, oh, poor me. Oh, yes. But, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I, I, I'm curious. Um, you, you kind of mentioned that you, you yeah. you started your life in in BC. I and now am. you're practically on the other side of the, of the country. Um, 
what what was it that took you from from one side to the other? Was it was it all professional? Like was was your story? What's your story? Yeah, I get that question a lot because it's usually the other way around. People from New Brunswick usually go west rather than what I've done. I was I've I was born and raised in BC all my life, and the last seven years in BC took place in Vancouver where. I was studying theater. I was also studying animation, but I realized I wasn't, you know, NHL quality and animator. So I got, I thought if I was going to study anymore, I was going to go back into one of my first interests and that was theater. And I studied theater, uh, privately with, um, a private school and privately with some, uh, one-on-one with some professionals from Los Angeles and New York for a number of years there. And I was just starting to kind of develop a bit of um, uh, an avenue into, and I hate I hate the term, but you know what else do you call it? But the industry, and I just needed a break. Mm-hmm. I had some small successes, and I found an opportunity to spend a year in traveling around the East coast of the maritime or, you know, the maritimes, East Canada, which I've always wanted to do since university. I'd met two Newfoundlanders, uh, that just kind of, uh, I was amazed. I was amazed. I just thought if these two people are the example of what the maritimes have to offer uh, for personalities, I really want to visit this place. So I, I took a year off to come to spend a little bit of time in New Brunswick and then Nova Scotia, then PEI and then Newfoundland. Then I was going to go back and I came to St. John, New Brunswick was my first stop. <laughs> and I've been here 13 years now. I, and I just finally got to PEI the other year. It's, it's kind of been a slow process, but what kept me here was, first of all, I was either too broke to leave or I was too busy to leave because I started getting all these offers to do theatrical roles and film and television roles that I I wasn't being offered in Vancouver since in Vancouver, there's literally a hundred thousand actors in there, if not more, uh, everyone's an actor. Uh, it's, I, I had a friend of mine who lived in California for a while in Hollywood and he came up to Vancouver to uh, kind of get, get in on the boom that they were having for film and television production. And he left. He went back to New York City. He said, Vancouver has gotten worse, more more worse, pardon the grammar, than, than Hollywood. And he left. He went back to New York City. And so I, I had no real rush to get back to Vancouver knowing that I was doing some really good at least i was growing i thought as a performer from my activities here in new brunswick which i know i wouldn't wouldn't be offered being one of thousands in vancouver so i stayed and i've i've benefited quite quite well uh while while that time um existed for opportunity here which unfortunately is in it in its uh downswing quite quite a low downswing right now um due to uh, there's not much film and television production coming through and we still don't uh, have many union kind of opportunities in this province. And it's almost like you have to leave the province and live in Toronto in order to be able to be hired for what few union shows there are in New Brunswick. Like if you are a New Brunswick actor, you're, you're pretty much overlooked. So knowing that I just started out uh, loving this, this, this city as I do and its people, it's, it's really homey. If you haven't been to St. John, New Brunswick, I highly recommend you come visit. Um, but you know, <laughs> make sure, make sure you, you have your bus ticket back to wherever you came from, uh, it, because it, yeah. it's just we're 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 all struggling. Uh, I I've said it time and time again. This is a city of artists. We just haven't been able to quit our day jobs yet, and and we're all in it together, struggling. Right? You you see it on the streets. You see the people that you talk to. Everyone's mm-hmm. having a hard time here. And that's why I went off and I started doing a lot of creating my own opportunities by making my own theater by any means necessary with as little money as possible, just, you know, to, to, um, 
enforce creativity rather than throwing money at it. So I, I, I long once again another long, convoluted, over detailed answer to your question. When you're when you're making theater, you know, by any means necessary in that way, how where where are your performance spaces? Well, my, what do you? How are you? My theater analysis what, what project like? is basically me. Uh, it's a it's a one person theater company that. Like I said, we we uh, the royal we we go out and uh, just try and create theater that's as accessible to everyone as as many people as possible. I'm going to be performing towards CEOs, literally, you know, some of the leaders of the community, as well as some people who can barely afford a bus pass to you know to to anywhere in the city i want to be able to showcase both uh you know those those high those 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 high ends of the spectrum and i i will i'll do it in parks i've done it in parking lots i've done it i've done shows in restaurants in bars in regular traditional theater venues as well but i really thrive Myself personally, I feel I grow and I exercise uh, the best. I get the best results when I'm testing new new venues or new spaces as venues. So I'm I kind of have a code on what I do that it has to be a new work to me, to myself as a performer. Uh, that that will challenge me in some way that I I, I believe I need work in, and it's got to be something that's also beneficial to the audience as well. Uh, spend the least amount of money possible because I don't want I don't want to be censored. Not that I need to be censored. You know, a lot of material is is very public friendly, all ages, but I don't want to be censored because of lack of money because I think that's that's just it's one of the hardest things to accept is that you can't, and that's, uh, well, I'll get to that later, but, um, I, anywhere I can, if I can, if I can put, uh, if I can put a stage up in the middle of a shopping mall, I guess I have done that too, actually, but like in the middle of a, the, the produce line at, at a supermarket, I'll, I'll do it there. If it means that I'm, I'm enhancing my, my immediate people in any way. When you're doing that, are you are are you advertising that a performance is happening, or do people just sort of like stumble across a performance in progress, and, or they yeah, it, you start it, and people it gather depends on which project I'm doing at the time. Some some of my shows in the last couple of years that I've that I've created are more enjoyable just in passing. You know, it's it's like you, you know you have kind of like you've got public sculptures, you've got public chamber music you've got public murals and this is public theater and sometimes it's more appreciative if you're just if it's just something you enjoy as you pass right and and sometimes it's an actual story you know sit down beginning middle and end being being presented And, and like be it performance art or traditional kind of theater piece it's 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 um I, I I guess I'm just exercising as much as I can. And there's there's a little bit of I mean I, I've done a lot of social media stuff to kind of prepare whatever audience could be out there that I'm going to be doing such and such on such a day in such a place. If they come, they come. If they don't, they don't. But one of my biggest questions was is theater still art if there's no audience present to receive it? And I thought, well, it's if there is an answer to that question, if it's if, if the question is valid at all, at least I'll get an exercise. You know, at least I'll be, you know, flexing some muscle that needs to be flexed. So I get I get the opportunity to perform and the people who pass by and some do sit down and, and enjoy the whole thing. Uh, I haven't been chased off yet. <laughs> I've had people. Yeah. I, I mean, well, that's good. That's good. I, I just want to be able to contribute. 
right? And this is what I've always done. I mean, I've done regular jobs just like everyone else, and I still do, you know, a regular job when I can. But this is where I feel that I'm being the most effective. And I've had a lot of people, young and old, come up to me and express their gratitude for the productions that I've put on. Uh, it's be it 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 were be around whatever level that it resonated with them. But I've I've been rewarded in more than money. I guess is my point. I, I feel a real sense of duty now that this is kind of something that should be done. So I, I go out as much as possible. I try to go out at least once a month and do something creative. And that's where the whole one person theater project started in the beginning is because I was, I mean, I was in, I was in such incredible debt from my education and I was, uh, swamped with the day to day routines of the nine to five and my neo family, right? My girlfriend and her kids. So it was, I was never, I was never being creative in, in the art that I was trained in, that I still need more training in that. And it was frustrating me to the point that I was having a hard time, you know, walking, you know, I don't know if you've ever felt that way. (laughs) You just, you're so overwhelmed and, So I just got up and I forced myself publicly to create a new piece of theater every month for a year. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're juggling the day job and the kids and, and, and trying to do a show, a a brand new show on your own, when it's, it is, it was quite a lot. It was quite a lot of work and I almost didn't get through it, but I'm glad I, I did. And I, and, uh, and I continue to, to do it to this day. And the money that doesn't go into these shows proved another point to me that I, I don't need to rely on art grants. I, you know, I, it's, it's, there's so much art doesn't get created because I know so many egos out there in the arts world, so many jerks, if I can be that strong that won't create unless they're paid. And I understand. I've got kids. I've got kids of my own somewhere else that bills need to be paid. I understand that. Believe me, I understand that. And I just can't rant and rally enough about how equally important it is to provide that art to your community. It's a, it's a responsibility. And if, if well, I'm not going to do it. I'm not getting paid. Well, where does that art go? And how much does your community suffer because that art's not being put out there? And it, it came to the point where it, it wasn't so much about bills getting paid and, and respecting the artist and all that, that diatribe and rhetoric. It was, it was all about, no, you're just being a jerk. You just want to get paid. And I understand, don't get me wrong, I, I got to re- reiterate I have to restate that I, I, I know the importance of eating, <laughs> you know, and, but it, yeah. the art has to get out there. And I was shocked that the amount of art that I donated to my, to my community was it I, it was like a tithe. It was like I was reciprocated with monetary opportunities almost immediately tenfold by businesses, by individuals, by groups and organizations, by theater companies, by uh, 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 anyone that had an idea for a theater piece. And I was, I was being consulted and paid and sent off to another city to do what I'm already doing for free, which was great. And so it, it was really a good investment with, with no money down. So I'm, I'm going on and on. Stop me. Oh, I, I'm sounding like I know something. Heaven forbid. I don't no, no, sound no, like I'm an authoritarian on something. 
this is this is. I mean, the the least, the less talking I do, the more uh, the more it's about my my guest, which is really what this should well, be. This is interesting. It shouldn't be as much about me as anybody else. Uh, this um, is I interesting because how got... long have you been doing this yeah, type of ahead, uh, no. this type of podcast? Uh, this is um, one, yep. one a week. I'm about. I started in January, so about uh, fourteen, fifteen episodes um, at, at at the time that we're recording this, and uh, actually almost sixteen. And uh, yeah, so it's just you know trying to get. Obviously, when I'm talking to people, it's something that I, I, I talk to people. I tend to talk to people in my own uh, network, uh, but I don't want it to be something that's like just about. You know, my local theater. I don't want it to be about Toronto people and people that I know. I want to be it to be about yeah, people that and, I, and I don't know yet. That's neat because you know, like, like of so, course, your your Toronto uh, landscape is much much different than, say, Vancouver even uh, or or Fredericton. You know, I mean, yeah. I, we had some we had some Toronto folks of from what I, it was revealed to me later on, they were quite the upper echelon of theater people from Toronto had come to one of our fringes. Our, uh, maybe two years ago. So, and it's it's interesting to see the the culture shock, you know, with with Torontonians coming down to Lower Canada. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's it's really neat, and because we've had to do so much here on our own that that it's kind of developed its own sense of. Um, we have our own channels now. We have our own way of doing things almost, you know, in order to get the job done. So it's, it's quite, uh, it's quite different. It's quite, like I said, if. What's, what's, what I think is kind of interesting is the fact that, so, you know, I mean, maybe people who, who haven't left Toronto very much uh, can get a bit of culture shock going to another place like, like St. John. I know um, I did a bit of fringe touring uh, a couple of years ago and you don't have time for culture shock. And so you spend like your first two days, yeah. you're just rolling with everything. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, this is how we do things here. Okay. Yes. And uh, you very quickly learn just, this is how it's done here. You, you roll and you, you, you move on. Um, but I mean, that's the nature of a fringe tour is just, you just, you don't have time to get bogged down in anything. You just have to, you, I have think to go. Right. you figure it out everywhere you go. Um, in terms of the people that the culture shock that, that you that you think that the that people had when they came there was it because um, just because of how different things are there was it because they they you know they didn't get attention because of who they were was it uh, well what do you think it was we we don't really have we don't really have a hierarchy like you would in Toronto we've we've we're we're very good community players I've seen some. I've seen some amateur work and I, I, and there's another word I don't, I don't like, but I, I use because it's, it's easy to, to communicate to some who use it a lot. Uh, but I, I usually use like union work versus community work rather than amateur versus professional. I mean, there's the difference, right? But you know, you used amateur mm -hmm. and it's almost like you're degrading it and making it less than what it's worth. But I've, I've seen some production, some yeah. local community productions in, in St. John, New Brunswick and in other places of New Brunswick that rival, if not surpass any union show I've seen in Vancouver. I mean, just some amazing work here. And, you know, we, we, we do it, we do it as a, as a village, you know, everyone contributes in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, we've, St. John being the first incorporated city in Canada, I, I love, I love St. John, but we're also the last in a lot of things today. And if you were to, if you were to come visit, you would notice that there were things that were slightly different and might re resemble something from 1955 you know it's it's the politics or the attitudes of the people they're they're genuine and that's what i love about about it they're they're genuine you mm. you get whiplash walking two blocks by you know having to say hello to everybody i, I feel like bell at the beginning of beauty and the beast hello bonjour 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 it's it's really a village here yeah. and everyone knows everyone and everyone's <laughs> well, there's everyone supportive. Well, you've got your politics too, but you've, 
you really feel a sense of that what I've overused word I've done so much already is community. And I think you don't get a lot of that in Toronto. Mm -hmm. You don't get a lot of people that will stop and say hi and look you in the eye. Yeah. Where you been, you know, where, what are you up to, who are you related to? And, and on the business side of things, there's also, yeah. like I said, we have no hierarchy. I, what few casting directors we have in this province left I, you can have a first name basis with them and just talk to the casting director for any project. There's no talent agencies here. I, you know, you can have a producer, what few there are left in this province on your speed dial and you can literally talk to them. You can get work done. Um, it, it, it changes once you get to the other provinces, but, but New Brunswick's just been very accessible to the artist. And I think people have been able to produce more, um, and and sometimes that's a bad thing. Some sometimes people can produce more, but but it's 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 not Toronto. It's not yeah. Vancouver either. And I think we're getting comfortable with that, the way we get things done. Well, I think you have to. I mean, you can't you can't feel sorry for you. Can, no, you can't, I mean, like, when, regret that you're not. When one I of lived in Vancouver, I've you're always lived in are. towns place that, that you have are. kind of been the underdog. When I I lived in Vancouver the 90s and where probably the most it's it's a city that's always been bashed you know oh that's that's cute you're doing the x-files that's nice uh but you're not toronto you know or oh that's cute you have you have the you know sarah mclaughlin that's great but you're you're not toronto i i literally would hear it you know those words you're not toronto you know you'll never be toronto and you know what vancouver's come to a point where (laughs) <laughs> they don't care. It's Vancouver for crying out loud. Vancouver's like yeah. the number two, you know, yeah. production of film and television in the world now. You know, they've got the Olympics again. I don't think they care that they're Toronto anymore. But they lit, lit, I overheard it. I literally had it yeah. experienced myself. It, you get bashed. You're not Toronto. And then I come to St. John and it's like, well, you're not Halifax. Yeah. You're not Halifax. That's nice. That's cute. But you're not Halifax. It's like, oh my God, you gotta be where you are. And I think that's that's important. You're, you know, that's important. I mean, I can yeah. wait to do my theater projects that I want to do once I get up off my feet and I pay some bills and I go to Toronto. That could be five, eight years. I just, yeah, or I could just do them. Yeah, no money down. Just do them, do yeah. my shows and. And that's yeah. been very important. It's not that I don't do other, you know, I, I do other, you know, traditional shows as well with, with other actors, but I've done so much of this now where all that matters is my performance and the audience that I'm, I really don't play well with others anymore. I'm, I, I really don't want any other actor in my way. And I know, and that sounds so ridiculous and i and i i've i've lost some sleep about the 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 realization of this but i i don't i just don't i just don't care anymore i guess i i guess i am the perfect psychopath i really want to learn and grow as a performer so i can provide that audience member or maybe more than one audience member something special something that can live inside them as well. I, and, and not because of me, not because of that narcissist that I, I play up in my, in my theater company. Uh, but because that's what theater's always been to me since I was growing up. That's what attracted me to theater in the beginning is that it, it gives you something that will live inside you for the rest of your life. And I just thought that's what a wonderful gift, what a wonderful profession to be in, to be able to, provide that, create it and provide it for another person free of charge to a certain extent. But it's been, it's been difficult and, and it, but I've, I've, I've gained from it, but you know, there's, there's, there's a, there's a whole, there's a whole different theater community in, in, in my area as well that does that type of work and they're doing well doing that. So I'll just keep focusing on what I'm doing because I think I'm doing all right. 
Do you remember what it was that first started to draw you to theater? Do you remember your first well, exposure I, I to theater? Well, I kind of feel like I was programmed, was to do? uh, duped in a way. <laughs> My, uh, you know, you know those little books that I don't know. I, and pardon me, I, I'm not aware of your age, but I'm assuming that these are timeless. But there was a little book that parents always got for their kids, and it was like each page was for a grade of their year. You know, and you could put a picture on one page, and then on the back of the, the of that, mm-hmm. you you wrote down what their their best friends were at the time, who their teacher was in grade two, uh, what they wanted to be when they grew up. You know, and a sleeve to put in pictures that they colored or ribbons that they won. So there was always that book. Every friend of mine had one. Anyway, I, I and they always went up to grade three or four, and that was it. Mom or dad just gave up on filling the rest of it out. I, I always noticed when I was reading mine that, like, it, from preschool, grade one, grade two, grade three, you know, like, what did Tim want to be when he grows up? Or at this stage, and it was like, you know, fireman, policeman, actor. And then in grade two or grade one, the, ne- the next year, subsequent year, it would be like, he wants to be a policeman still. He wants to be an astronaut. He wants to be an actor. Uh, and then the next year, it's like, just actor, actor actor and I, I i thought that was interesting because at the time that mm. i was probably saying i wanted to be an actor when so young that i had no concept of what they did really how what what went into doing what they do like i said that you know the production of it all i may have even been young enough to think that you know you could reach into the tv or behind them and pull little people out you know but um and then my mother started enrolling me in the, in this. I just thought it was the most bizarre daycare in the world. You know, we, it, when I, it, but it was a theater daycare. It was a, it was a daycare that was designed to enrich the children that they were taking care of during that time with, with theater games and just all these bizarre, you know, activities that, you know, makes sense to me now, but I, I was kind of, I was kind mm-hmm. of led into it, I guess, to believe that this is what I was always supposed to do. And if I, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, I guess fate will, time will tell. But I, I, I like I said, I think I was kind of slightly tricked into thinking I was born to be an actor. <laughs> hmm. I mean, a lot of, uh, there's, I've, I've talked to two kinds of people, people who feel like, they were always going to do this because when they're from their youngest time, they were putting on shows um, and people who can remember distinctly that first time that they saw some theater production and change and that changed their life and that changed their focus. Um, do you remember uh, which of the two that you might fall under? Do you remember your uh, earliest? Well, my, I think my or? first live theater experience uh, would have come to me in my late childhood, you know, pre-teens, um, combination of performing and I liked it. I, I did. I liked it. Uh, I liked the storytelling aspect. Of course, I liked the play. The play is always fun. The, the playing aspect the enjoyment of being able to just, you know, be on stage and be as big as you can or as small as you can. But, the my my first live like i i don't think i was really a i wasn't drawn by anything i think a theater production i think my my first sit down theater experience as an audience member i saw a really crappy show it was awful like even at a young age i knew this was bad and still to this day you know i kind of equate everything i'm doing what i think i'm doing wrong in my current show am i as bad as that show that first show um just everyone was sitting. Everyone was sitting at a table. It, it, anyway, I could go on and I could do a whole show about that. Um, I think it, I just liked, I liked, I liked taking on physical characteristics and playing. I liked playing with my voice. I liked playing with my movement. Ever since I was a child, I liked conjuring in my head. I liked the play of it all, really. And the storytelling, I was always doing something. If I was, as a child, if I, if I wasn't writing, I was doing, uh, I was creating something in my head to perform. But 
yeah, I don't, I, I don't really remember an aha moment. I just remember slowly, slowly kind of bobbing up and down in the direction towards where I am today. You know, I've, I've always been involved with some type of theater thinking. Hmm. Or I'm just a phony. Maybe I am. I don't know. I just, I, it, it's, I mean, did you do you have an aha moment? Does is it something that's supposed to click and go? Okay, you are an actor now. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think that. I mean, it's, it's like there's like I was saying. There's like two different two different narratives that I I've heard. Yeah, and it's the I was always performing, or I saw something, and because I know people changed my that, life, and I feel sorry, like, ahead, yeah. I feel like I'm in the I was always performing camp where yeah no i was just that you know i whenever i was whenever i was yeah. a kid, if there were a group of adults yeah. downstairs i was like that's because you know I, at some point say okay i'm gonna do a I'm, play for you now i'm really shy uh, actually thing, you know? like i have a hard time with new new arenas right like it it took me a long time to get and i think i have some mechanisms socially where i can kind of weave in okay now but i'm i'm actually quite shy and i'm i'm actually you know i'm 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 scared a lot you know and and i think the more scared i am to do something the more i realize okay i have to do this i'm daring myself but i know a lot, i know a lot of people who are great performers and but they'll never get up in front of people mm. they're just It's funny because, you know, mm -hmm. I'm thinking about, you know, when I was a kid, I had the guts to walk into a room and say, I'm going to put on a play for you now. But I could never do it's, that it's now. Like, yeah. I can't walk in and into it's, a room and look people in the eye and say, I'm going to perform for you right now. There's something about, yeah, because I'm, I know I'm very much an introvert. I'm shy like you. I don't enjoy walking up to new people, which is always a challenge yeah. in the, on the fringe. Oh, I hate circuit. that. I oh, hate like that. Talking, to, like, selling yourself like that, like a jerk, you know, like, and hi, I'm upsetting you. Know, Come see my show. Yeah. Give me money. Yeah. I feel like an anus. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. if I can say anus, I can say something, I can just be fruitful and just go asshole, but I mean, I don't know. Sorry. But yeah. you, you, you just feel like, oh, my God. Like, I was in, I was, I was, I was in a, uh, a, a dance there was a big 1980s retro party and I, I i i was surrounded by people i knew and i've 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 been naked on stage i've dressed up in women's clothing on stage i've i've done everything and that doesn't bother me it it bothers some other people but i mean i've i've i have a constitution where I can do things that a lot of people would probably be deathly afraid to do. You know? But ask me to dance at an 80s party, like in front of people, I couldn't do it. I, I honestly was, I, I was a wallflower. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I don't know. It, and maybe it's that vulnerability that makes us still good gauges of what yeah. is quality theater or quality performances at least. But I mean... Yeah, it's funny because there is that that, uh, that stereotype that people who are not in theater have of the extroverted actor, uh, always on, always performing, always you know, always friendly, always wanting to talk to people. And I, but I, I know, I can actually think of one of people I know who are in theater who is that per who like is an extrovert, a genuine extrovert. And everybody yeah. else I know yeah. is mortified at the thought of walking up to a stranger at Fringe and trying to sell themselves, or is like is completely yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they all, uh, like not good in, in that kind of like would not dance at that eighties dance. I think you it's know, funny how yeah you don't have to you you got to keep something for the stage, right? You got to keep something ready for you just if you're out all the time. I mean, and. You know, it, yeah. like I like I said before, I'm I'm not always acting, right? I'm not always performing. You know, someone someone told me, uh, no, that's that's a different anecdote. I won't even do. But I mean, it's. It, I don't think you. 
you can you can be both, right? You can you can be. I mean, I I know some very reserved people that once they get on stage, yeah. like they'll walk all over you in a good way. I mean, they're they're just they're they're monsters. They're they're great at what they do. Yeah. But you know, once they're off. You know, they're, well, you know, I, th- I think I've got to go to the bank and, you know, I've got to check on my mortgage, <laughs> actor checking on their mortgage, whatever. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think, Yeah. I mean, there yeah. was one time, and, and this kind of harks back to, to, to something I, I mentioned earlier about the, the skepticism about actors walking amongst us, like vampires. Um, I, I was, I was, I was dating someone. Um, a couple years back, whose ex-husband, or soon-to-be ex-husband, sorry, well, that's yeah, like that won't be, but anyway, they, they, the, the, the ex-husband had heard that I was an actor. Oh, my ex-wife's dating an actor. Well, okay. So, in in finding that out, someone had said, "Yes, he's very eccentric." So that equaled to this man that equaled that I wasn't safe to be around children, which, which, which of course, as you're aware, just mm-hmm. blew me through the roof. Right. To, because I'm a performer and I'm not safe around yeah. your family because I'm eccentric. That's like someone's, someone's language has to change here someone's perceptions have to change because I'm now yeah. labeled and, and I, I went off. I, I went on a huge, and, and that's really what started that, 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 uh, that fringe show that I get naked one that I mentioned earlier. It was about, you know, smashing this idea of performers being hideous people, you know, um, the secubus on the fringe of society, you know, uh, it's, it's not, it's not a noble profession, I guess. You know, you'd like to think it is, you can see the purpose that theater serves to man, person kind, but you know, you're treated like crap, you know, you're absolutely treated like crap. At least, a lot of the a lot of the experiences I've had. I mean, I've had some great experiences too, but um, I guess you know some some way heavier on the yeah. on 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 the on the soul than others. But and yet, and yet, you're well, driven it's like to what you say. It's like driven to do that aha moment, you know, or maybe the lack of being them. able to identify that certain point in your timeline of where you 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 know you're you've been born to do this or this or you've been turned on to do this. It's like I, I'm sure accountants, as personality less as they are, have that aha moment too. It's like, yes, I am going to be an accountant. You know, it's. I, I'm sure I'll have that too one day about something else. Maybe like, boom, yes, I'm going to be a baker, but it's theater has been always something that I believe I can do. I might not do it well, but I know I can do it better than a call center job. I know I can do theater better than, um, landscaping. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm not putting down those professions, of course. I'm just, I've always known that my energy, my happiness level, uh, my, my, my sense of worth is better in a theater setting than it has been as a, as a, as a, as a photocopy tech or, you know, it's, it's like, if you, if, if you can find happiness digging ditches. God, I I envy you, you know, I envy you because I haven't been able to find happiness anywhere else except doing, doing my theater work. And, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's a pain. Um, I know I, I hate it sometimes. 
I hate that this is sometimes I wake up and I think this is all I can, this is all I'm going to do. And I'm, and I, you fear out that you're not going to do it well. You're going to end up with a gravestone. That's he did. Okay. Theater. <laughs> you know? And he, I, I think everyone just wants to participate. I think that's more important than knowing that you've contributed something is that at least you've known that you have participated. I think everyone should be able to participate. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that made any sense at all, but. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, it did. It did. Uh, unfortunately, we were. Well, basically sir, I appreciate you being on my show today. I feel like there's, there's so many things <laughs> I could I could continue to talk to you about, um, and and maybe. <laughs> I actually, you know, it's it. Uh, if, if Absolutely, you're, and if you have funny friends, friends you got to give me a shout for my radio show that I have in the summer because we'll I I, I help kind of get the community prepared for all the visiting and local performers that are at the Fundy Fringe Festival every year on uh, with a with a six part radio series. Uh, 